and welcome to Ask a Coach with Ingobu. My name is Al Wijnand, and today I am excited to be speaking with Coach Ali van Ruckel. Um, we'll talk about why finding purpose and peace after unexpected life events is important. If you're joining us live on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook, put your questions and comments in chat, and we'll see if we can address them live here during the show. And if you're enjoying the show, click the subscribe uh, or click the subscribe button in YouTube to get notified when new shows are available. So, uh, Ali, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So today we are chatting about finding purpose or why finding purpose and peace after unexpected life events is important. And mm -hmm. before we delve into that, um, share with me a little bit about your background and what inspired you to become a coach. Absolutely. So um, I started my career out as a youth and family minister. So I was spending a lot of my time with young people, with families, um, really helping them bond around their faith formation. And um, eventually I went into the corporate world for a little while. And eventually I had met a coach of my own who was very transformational in my own journey. And I thought, oh, wow, I think I found it. This is the thing I wanna do going forward. And I started creating my own coaching program from there. And a lot of the people that I served were people who already knew me. Mm -hmm. um, and it just ended up deepening a lot of relationships in a new way. So it's been really neat. So you're one, you're one of our Ngomo coaches and um, coaching on this in this area of expertise, so to speak. So tell me a little bit about your coaching community, what our learners can expect. Absolutely. So it is called Starting Over, Finding Purpose and Peace After Unexpected Life Events. You can imagine that maybe some of my inspiration came from myself having a lot of these types of experiences um, where life kind of throws you a curveball um, or something changed and you were going through a lot of transition, a lot of transformation all at once, and it can feel super overwhelming. So what I coach people on is how do we manage through massive amounts of change when it's happening all at once? Um, how do we continue to find a sense of purpose when when life is changing and maybe our purpose is changing? And then how do we just calm ourselves and find peace when we feel the ground shifting under our feet? So we received some, some really interesting questions from our viewers before. And um, again, if you're watching us live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook, feel free to put your questions in, in chat and we'll address them here. Um, but before we kick off with our questions from, from our viewers, um, unexpected life events can be very challenging, uh, they yeah. can be very challenging to cope with, so to speak. You know, what are the most common issues people should look out for, you know, going through this kind of stuff? Well, I think the, the biggest one is gonna be that change always means that there's gonna be some loss involved. You know, and even if it's something, this is a change that you chose for your life or it's something that more you feel like happened to you, there's usually some grief involved because grief is not just about like losing someone to death. Like gr grief can be like a loss of a job, a dream, relationships. It could be even loss of identity. And that's where that's that loss of purpose feeling can come in. And that just kind of leaves you feeling sometimes quote lost going like I'm, I'm not really sure who i am right now and what in what i'm going through and um so i think the other part of that is that change naturally brings on anxiety and fear like especially when a lot of it happens and we're overwhelmed and so some of the that's why i call it 
finding purpose and peace because some of, sometimes we have to learn some new methods of how do I calm down my nervous system? How do I just calm down my mind because my ego is going crazy trying to control everything? And so it sometimes requires growing a little bit in that area and finding new methods for peace. Thank you for sharing that. So we've, like, as I said before, we've, we've got some great questions from our uh, viewers. And so first question from Jane in Dearborn, and I think that may be Michigan. Um, I recently worked through a rough breakup and my emotional well-being has taken a hit and I feel lost. So how can I overcome this? Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, breakups are so painful. Um, and I, I hold that space with you right now to say like, um, it's sometimes you just have to sit in that pain, unfortunately. Um, and I think that's the first part is recognizing that there's, you need to be really patient with yourself in the grief process. There's no way to rush it. And it's very natural to wanna run away from painful emotions, but it's gonna be a season where there's just more, more uh, painful emotions than you're used to. And it's gonna be natural to just try to avoid it, run away from it, or try to rush yourself through this grief process. But it just doesn't really work like that, unfortunately. So the first part is just be patient. Um, but there are some things that you can do that can also boost some positive emotion while you're going through something painful like that. So for example, um, it is very important to have a support system because um, I'm, you know, I'm hearing you say, you know, I feel a little lost. That that lost feeling comes from feeling alienated. If you feel alienated either from community, maybe just from that losing that relationship, you may even feel a little alienated from yourself because you feel like you lost yourself in this process and you're not sure who you are with this without this person. And so getting connected again is key. Connected with yourself, getting connected with some other people in your life that are very caring and know how to sit with you in your pain and not try to fix you, that's really key. When you find a special person like that, they're really key. Um, but some other things you could do to boost your positive emotions would be at the end of the day, you can simply think of three good things that happened today. Because these grief processes kind of like starting over experiences kind of make us focus on the present day because we're so confused about what the future will be. So then we kind of have to focus on today. Well, one boost of positive emotion will come from thinking about what was actually good about today. And it reminds you that there are things that are good that are happening in your life. Of course, some other things are exercise and going out into nature can boost your positive emotions. And the last thing I would say is honor the relationship. Even if it was a painful end, remember that the reason why it's painful is because you had love in this relationship, clearly, or else it wouldn't be so painful. And so you can just honor the journey that you went through together and appreciate that not all love lasts or sometimes it transfer transforms, but that doesn't make it make it less important or meaningful and just honor the journey that you had together. Thank you for that. From Harris in Nashville, New Hampshire, I was one of the unlucky tech workers, um, suddenly laid off, and this has definitely caused issues with emotional distress and anxiety, feeling a lack of purpose and loss mm. of identity. Where do I go from here? And I smile because there's so many people in my circles who've gone through that as well in the last couple of months. So it's a big issue. 
It is a big issue. I've been listening to what's been going on there. Um, it sounds like also like the way it's happening is just really, really painful. So it's very understandable that you're feeling all of those things. Um, and I would say that I would call what you're experiencing as kind of an ego death. And here's what I mean by that. The, what I mean by ego is I'm talking about the part of us that is motivated by achievement it's motivated by having goals and mastering things. And so our career, um, our ego is oftentimes very much, you know, leading us in our career. It's also the part of us that wants to have control over our lives. And this kind of experience just like crushes the ego. And mm -hmm. we go, so what do we do when our ego is like, like, like laying on the floor and feels like it's been stomped on? This is the time where we can lean into our spiritual side a little bit. And let me be, clarify what I mean by that. I'm not talking necessarily about your beliefs about God or anything like that. What I mean is the spiritual side of us is the side that is spontaneous and loves to be in the present moment. It's the part of us that actually deeply enjoys just being and not doing. So when you think about the times when you're the most relaxed and the times when you feel not concerned about controlling anything, but you just feel in the moment like you can really just breathe. That That's the spiritual side of us. And it tends to unite us with nature and with others. And the, the gift of an ego death is that we can let the ego take a nap, <laughs> just rest a little bit and let the spiritual side of us bring forward um, and help us to practice just being a human being. Because sometimes it's like really okay to be nobody and to do nothing for a little while. It drives the ego crazy, right? So if we, if we keep leading with our ego, we're going to try to control, control, control. So get, take the gift of this time, first of all, to just allow the spiritual part of you to um, get to and just enjoy your life a little while in a way that you usually can't when you're really, really busy. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't be reflecting, though, on, of course, where you want to go. It's just more that, like, allow the spirit to have some space because it has lots of room right now where it usually doesn't. Um, and this is a great time to be using tools of self-discovery to go, well, I have time to reflect on what I want going forward. You know, um, I don't have any obligations, so I should take the time to do some self-discovery through some assessments or, you know, coaching helps with things like that, because um, we need we need tools to help us just remember what do we actually love to do when we're not so busy. <laughs> so I you're like, going to be OK, I promise. I like the idea of an ego nap. <laughs> yes. Question from Taylor in Austin, Texas. There's no, uh, there's not one specific issue, but I feel it's time for change in my life. Are there exercises, tools I can use to determine what that change may be for me? I love this question because there's this expectant curiosity here. It's um, a different kind of beginning of a transitional journey where it's like, I feel some change coming, but it's coming from a place of desire. And that's really exciting. So here's my recommendation. Um, this is an awesome time to think of your life much like a garden, okay? Think of your life more as something organic that you are continually nurturing. The condition of your garden is exactly how you're nurturing it, okay? So do an imagination exercise that you're walking through your life 
like it's a big garden full of, of plants and flowers and whatever you, you want it to be. First, look at what is flourishing. What are the things that are really doing well in my life right now? Because you want to optimize those things. Clearly, there's something that you have done really right in your life that is authentic and it's really growing. Then think about the little budding plants that are just popping up out of the ground and say to yourself, do I want to nurture that? There's something popping up here. And what do I really want to nurture? Because this is going to start to give you some vision of what you like that's happening in your life that maybe is even bringing that desire out of you. It's going like something is happening that I'm excited about. I want to, I want to follow that lead. And then, of course, we have to address the pests in the garden, the poisons, the pests, the things that are coming in and eating your tomatoes and, you know, whatever's getting in there and just making a buck of things. This is a great time for you to start thinking about where your boundaries need to be and say, maybe there's something that's not working for me anymore. And that needs to be cut out and leveled. OK, and the most exciting part is to think about having two rows of perfect soil where you can plant anything you want and just don't limit yourself and think of everything that would excite you about your future if you pursued something new. And this is great also for, um, for the last question as well, because mm -hmm. when you're in that moment of, hey, I've got, I maybe don't like that I have all this time, I don't like that I got let go, but you have it. So it's a great time to think of your life as, as, as a time to start planting again. So true. Um, Aiden in Wilmington, Delaware, asked if, no, let me rephrase this, as I'm considering upending my life by changing career, moving across the country, and leaving relationships behind, how do I objectively look at the benefits and drawbacks without bringing in emotions? I like this question because I think it's really hitting on how we know when we're going through a lot of change that our emotions go up and down and they seem really unreliable, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like, why do I one day feel so certain about something and the next day I feel so different. And my encouragement, first of all, is to say, um, your emotions are, uh, information. Just look at emotion. Like it's information. There is something it's telling you it's coming from inside of you. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the emotions are always right or wrong or anything like that, but it's information. So how you can be objective about that is you can learn a very simple mindfulness approach where you take a step back from the emotion and you look at the emotion and you observe it and you go, okay, I am feeling blank right now. If, you're, if you have trouble naming your emotions, look on the internet for just Google emotional wheel and you'll find a picture of an emotional will that helps you articulate what you're feeling. It has like root emotions of like fear, sad, happy, and then branches out all these different types of emotions that we feel. And that might help you. Um, and as you name that emotion, you just simply allow yourself to have it because I feel a little bit of resistance to the emotion in the question. I could be wrong, but instead of resisting it, just simply observe it and go, okay, um, this is how I feel. What is this telling me today about what I'm thinking about doing? Um, but also it will pass, right? That emotion is going to pass. And so don't make decisions based on just that emotion. Mm -hmm. Let it speak to you, but imagine that it's a leaf, like just floating down a stream and watch that leaf go down the stream and just float right on by. 
it will go away. And so that does, that means that you won't hold on to it. You let it go mm. when it goes. But here's the other thing to do in the meantime, really think about why you want to make these changes. It sounds like you're saying, you know, um, you know, this is going to possibly change my relationships. Yeah, it might. Um, and so it's going to be really important that you journal and keep in your mind. Why am I doing this? Because, um, the important thing here is that you will make this decision continually. There's going to be a bunch of stages to making really big moves like this. And each major obstacle is going to make you question whether you want to do it. And it's going to bring up fear and you're going to have these emotions. And so observe the emotion, but keep coming back to why did I say I want to do this and give your, yourself permission to say, do I still want to do this? Give yourself permission to say no. But if you're really convicted about it, you'll probably keep going. But you just need to give yourself that dialogue with yourself. <laughs> Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Big move there. Yeah. Um, so Mandy in LA um, shared personal relationships and network of support is essential. When making a significant life transition, some of these relationships may suffer. How do you prevent that from happening? I know that's so <laughs> hard. I know it's so hard. So. Um, what comes to mind is this concept called threshold guardians. This has to do with Joseph Campbell and something he calls the hero's journey. It's like when you know that you're about to go from a normal known place in your life into a very unknown, mysterious place in your life, um, there's going to be people in your life who stand at that threshold and their job at that threshold is to make sure you are prepared for that journey. So some people are going to stand there at that threshold and, go, and question you and challenge you. And they may not even understand at all what you're trying to do. And so you might feel really threatened. You might feel misunderstood. You might even get angry. But just realize that those that they're kind of that's just kind of the role they're playing. And it's a gut check to go. Are you sure this is what you want to do? So again, just like the last person, you really need to know your why, why you're going into this space. Um, some of those people that are the threshold guardians are just giving you really good advice and preparing you for that journey and may become amazing mentors. So embrace mm -hmm. that and let them speak into your life, even if you don't like hearing the advice because you don't, maybe you're a little stubborn like I am. I don't like taking advice from people. <laughs> let them speak into you because they may become really meaningful mentors to you. And the question you asked is, how do I prevent the relationships changing? Um, you can't. You can't prevent it. You can't control the relationship. What you can do is share your journey, and you will find that some are not ready to support you when you take off. And it hurts. They may come around and later see that, wow, that you were so right. That was absolutely what you needed to do and will become supportive. Some will never get there. And some will become your greatest ally and your greatest mentor. Just allow them to decide how to respond, but keep your focus on your why. Okay, a nice statement here. It is so helpful to think of emotion as information. Somebody shared with us. So um, question from Anastasia in Denver. Um, I've attended here in GOMO coaching sessions, which are great. Hey, props. I love to understand what was the one thing that stood out to you that helped you the most in your journey. It's so hard to say one thing. 
But I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, so this is the, the part of my ego that um, really helps me be successful in life. I am a visionary. I'm very driven by having a clear idea of where I want to go. And when I had a huge starting over journey, that was not necessarily something I felt I had chosen. I kind of felt like it happened to me. And then I continued to make some decisions that really made me start over. <laughs> um, I didn't know my, my vision, did, it couldn't go out very far. And it really, I just didn't know where my life was going to go. And it made my ego go absolutely insane. And what I had to learn how to do is how to appreciate what every single day was putting in front of me instead of where do I want to go five years down the road? Like today is just a means to where I want to be, right? Mm -hmm. But instead I learned how to appreciate the present moment, how to look around and say, you know what? Life is happening to me right now. And if I can't learn how to engage what's happening to me right now, my mind is, my I'm, I'm actually living in my future. And it really taught me the blessing of being present. And by the way, traveling helped me with that because when you, I traveled alone, so I was making all the decisions myself. And as I was traveling, I'm unfamiliar. Everywhere I went, I didn't know really anything about where I was. And it forced me into the present moment every single day. It was kind of exhausting, but it really taught me a new way of life. And I'm trying to continue to think of purpose that way, where it's present every single day, not just down the road with my vision. That's what the gift was for me. Thank you for sharing that. And those are the questions of the viewers. So what are the top three takeaways you want to leave our viewers and listeners with today? If you don't mind, if it's okay with you, Al, I'm going to share... Um, five simple things, very short, simple things. Is that okay? That's more than fine. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm going to, these are more like things that became convictions after a very long starting over transformational journey. I'm still in it to be, you know, we're always really in one to some degree. So just let these soak in to you right now and here and let this affirm you today. You are never lost because you're never coming or going. You're only where you are. So sometimes we feel lost, but you're never really lost. Number two, you are deeply loved beyond your imagination. Number three, you have everything you need for your journey because nothing is missing. Number four, you have unique strengths, purpose, and story that is worthy of honor. And last, there is hope for your future. That's very lovely. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what's the one thing I should have asked you I didn't? Um, maybe why starting over is the actually the best part of your life go for it share <laughs> i'd love to find out <laughs> we usually don't think that because it's yeah, super no, painful there's a lot of a lot of painful emotions in there and we associate pain with bad but actually starting over experiences um make us live very fully 
our human experience. It's in these moments where stories are really written. It's why we love hearing about stories that are like this. They're, they're kind of dramatic and so they're difficult. But there are times when we're going to look back in our life and feel like, wow, was I living the human experience because I was feeling everything and I was experiencing so many things and I experienced new things and I was challenged in new ways and I grew in huge ways. So it teaches us and reminds us that the nature of life is change, actually. Um, there's nothing that actually isn't changing. Um, to some degree. It's just that sometimes our starting over journeys are like a lot of change all at once. And then it hits us like a ton of bricks, but it reminds us to not hold on too tight because our, that, because change actually helps us live much more fully. And if we think back in our own lives, we've all been through that at least one time in our lives with a breakup or a loss and so on. Oh yes. And we can look back at it you know, that, that that journey was really worth it. A little painful at the time, you know. Yeah, and if I can say, by the way, this is oftentimes where people find purpose is mm -hmm. like, it's because I went through that pain that I want to help other people with that pain. And we find purpose in that. So true, so true. Thank you for sharing, Ali. I appreciate it. Uh, just a reminder that you're watching Ask a Coach within Gomu. My name is Al Wynant, and today I'm speaking with Coach Ali Van Roko. Um, and I just said the English way versus the Dutch way. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> Van Roko. Um, <laughs> so before we go, I'd love to go into the 10 uh, rapid fire style questions. You ready? Sure. So what's the best compliment you've ever gotten? I think it's really simple. I think it's just having someone say you're easy to talk to. What's your favorite holiday movie and what does it say about you? Well, so every Christmas I do watch um, While You Were Sleeping, which is a really cheesy romantic comedy. I'm actually not a huge rom-com person, but I am romantic. I am romantic. Um, but the reason I love it, what it says about me is that I just really love the underdog. And she was just kind of this like lonely, sad little underdog. And then she started to dream and you end with her just starting to believe that she could have a much better life. Oh, I love that. Sandra Bullock? Yes. Right? Okay. <laughs> and she's so cute, you know? <laughs> um, so if you go back, if you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, man, it's easy. Listen to your intuition. It's just never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what does your morning routine look like? It's pretty simple. I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, running a marathon at five in the morning. That's not me. I do wake up early, but I tend to, I live in an apartment that has floor to ceiling windows to the south and to the east. So the sun rises on that side of the apartment. And I just sit by the window and let the sun shine on my face because it does shine quite a lot, believe it or not, here in Nebraska and um, sip coffee. And then when I look in the mirror to get ready, I look myself actually in the eye because it just is kind of like this gut check. Like, are you living authentically? And then I smile at myself. That's lovely. <laughs> Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Well, it's pretty hard not to count one and two as mom and dad. Um, 
mostly because my parents were incredibly dedicated parents still are. Um, and so I, I just never really doubted whether I was loved by them. And that's like, you know, that's, that's pretty big, you know, that's pretty amazing. And also that they taught really hard work ethic. Like my family are very, we're very hard workers. We don't expect things without working hard. Um, and that has, it's helped me to be successful in life. Um, the third person would be that, that the first time I had a coach of my own who did StrengthsFinder coaching with me. Hmm. And it was the first time I had someone affirm my talents. Cause I was like, that's a talent. Like I, I thought I annoyed people with that. And it was the first time someone showed me the power I had within myself. That's nice. If you want $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? I would just research some of the most innovative nonprofits out there that are solving problems that most people have no idea how to solve. <laughs> and I would just donate. That's what I would do. What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Keep going. Don't give up. It's going to get hard and um, embrace the failures. Just embrace it. Like, yeah, wow, oof, that didn't work. Um, I think the big thing was learning how not to be super negative um, in my own mind. And I'm, we all battle self-doubt. Um, I still do, but I don't give up. So what's the one thing you do every day that leads to your success? Mm. Honestly, this is just so cheesy, but this is just the kind of person I am. That's the other part of my morning routine I didn't mention is that when I come out and I look out the window with the sun shining, I just say, good morning world. Like, and, and the reason why that makes me successful is because I want to start my day being grateful that I have this day and just say to the world, I'm here and I'm ready. That's a good mindset to start with. So what's a common myth about your job or field of experience or expertise? Maybe that coaching is about giving advice. Sometimes when I hear people go, oh, I guess I should hire you. My life is such a mess and you can give me advice. And the reality mm -hmm. is like coaching is nothing about giving advice, except for maybe at times when I have some experience that's relevant. But coaching is actually the assumption I have is not that I am an expert on your life. My assumption is that you are the expert on your life. I couldn't possibly be an expert on your life. You have all the answers within you. And so coaching is really about just helping people find their answers within them. So that's, that, I think that's the biggest misunderstanding. And you have a fellow viewer, listener who does the morning routine with you every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so please finish this statement. Leadership is caring about people when they're performing and when they're not. That's great. Thank you, Ali, for sharing with us today. I really appreciate it. So share with me where people can go, um, go find you, so to speak, um, online, mm -hmm. or if they want to connect, connect with you or so, you can share that. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, well, I'm pretty, pretty simple, pretty easy. I do have a website called The Mindful Pride, like pride, like a pride of lions. Um, but you can also find me very easily on Facebook, Ali Van Ruckel Coaching. 
Um, and you can, um, on, if you're watching this on LinkedIn, you can find me easily with just my name, Ali Van Rukel, um, and it'll also probably say the Mindful Pride there. Um, you can message me there, and you can simply just email me. It's just my first name at Gmail, so it's really easy to find me. Thank you, Ali, for sharing and being here with us today. I really appreciate it, and we will see, uh, we'll see everyone again next week. Monday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time for Ask a Coach with Ngumu with our guest, Kate Hartsong. So thanks, everyone, for being here. Keep the conversation going online and subscribe on YouTube to be notified when there's a new show available. So thanks, everyone. Make it a great day, and we will see you soon. Thank you.